to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today, our guest is everybody. That's right. It's our year in review show. We're going to take you through an entire first season of the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. Talk with all of our guests about the good, the bad, and the funny. Our first guest is Evan Terrence. Evan is a Grand Rapids, Michigan native who performed on our very first showcase. He was our very first guest on the Clean Comedy Time podcast. And we talked with him about what it's like to be a preacher's kid and if they're just like regular kids or are they? Well, you see, a whooping is a little bit different than a spanking. You see, there's, there's a stark difference between a whooping and a spanking. How can I put this? Now, Katie... Felt for Carl getting a timeout. <laughs> Go to your room, Carl. <laughs> man, that's that's a shame. Sorry, Carl. Oh man, uh, what did he do? I wonder what Carl yeah. did to get sent to well, his room. <laughs> that's really what. Why you're here? What did Carl do and get sent to his room? You know, I don't know a Carl. I don't. <laughs> oh, you, you, you don't. Wait a minute. You don't know a Carl. I don't. Man, I, I got, got like real three life. or four Carls. I nah, know. Yeah. That's why Carl gets a spanking. I know the kids that get whoopings. I don't know. Oh, uh, that was quality. That just felt like such a great way to begin the Clean County Time podcast. Uh, working with um, Evan Terrence, uh, having him uh, be our first guest, and uh, not only on the uh, podcast, but uh, the very first uh, showcase that we did at uh, Dr. Grin's Comedy Club in Grand Rapids. Yeah, he was a good choice for a first guest. Uh, we kicked it off strong with him. That's uh, If anybody has not yet listened to that episode, go back and check it out. Of course, when we talk about uh, things with our comics, we talk about comedy, we talk about uh, their processes and so on, but we also talked with them about things that are going well or things that are a struggle for them. And in the case of Evan Terrence, it was both. I got a new baby. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my wife brought home our first son. So that's congratulations. Thank you, that. man. That's that's great and terrible at the same time. I love it. I hate <laughs> it. But I love it. <laughs> my life has changed. My wife has changed. Yeah. Um, it's it's a journey, uh, most definitely. Like my baby, man. He he's pretty relaxed unless he's hungry or uncomfortable. He's always hungry or uncomfortable. <laughs> me too. And I'm still no fun when I'm hungry or uncomfortable. But I was thinking that uh, it's been about a year since we talked to Evan, uh, about a year since his son was born. And uh, so, gosh, that kid's got to be driving by now or something. In episode number two, we got to speak with Kara Karachi. Uh, She's a Detroit area comic who performed at our very first showcase. Uh, We sat down with Kara and we talked about her involvement in the Motor City Comedy Festival and moving from improv to stand up. And, of course, her husband's voice. My husband and I, we don't see eye to eye and everything, okay? Like, um, he doesn't like the fact that I like to gamble. All right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I buy lottery tickets every single day. I do, okay? Last week, he says to me, he goes, he goes, you know, like, what if you won? You know what I'm saying? Like, pretend like you won. So I packed my bags, I got in my car, and I left. <laughs> Oh man, I love Kara Karachi. She's she is one of my favorite people. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Man, uh, you know, she's, of course, uh, near and dear to my heart because she's also a, a person in recovery. Uh, so she's one of the one of the people that I am a kindred spirit with uh, and is along the road of recovery, too. Um, I'm a recovering alcoholic and I uh, haven't drank in uh, four years. Yay. Yeah. 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 Cue the applause. So, right? that, I'm, I'm so proud of you about that. That is just incredible. And that. it's been awesome meeting you through this journey. And I remember starting out with comedy thinking, this is, I'm not, I can't do this. I can't do comedy. I can't go back to bars. Are you kidding me? Like, I can't, that, that doesn't line up with who I'm trying to be and everything I've worked on. And then what I found, I remember it, I remember it, uh, very vividly, I did, I was promoting a show at a bowling alley. And um, at the end of the night, I realized all the comics had Red Bulls. No one was drinking. And it kind of clicked in my head. I was like, oh, I think... I think there's some non-drinkers here. I think I found some of my people. And we ended up talking, and then I found out a few of them uh, were in recovery. And that was a whole other... That was like my shining moment where I was like, oh, you know, comedy, I'm I'm going to find some of my people. like, And I'm going to gravitate to them. Um, that led me to you. That's led me to other AA shows and conventions. And um, being able to preach that word... I mean that uh, it's it, it's my my reason for living. It really is. Episode three was Simon Carlson. Uh, Simon is a stand-up comic in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He also performed in our first Doctor Grin's showcase, and uh, he had some some trauma in his childhood. When I was in second grade, my cat died in the dryer. People, uh, people like to ask questions. I still have some. Uh, favorite question I've been asked is, well, how long was he in there? Too long. <laughs> I don't know. I because I'm putting these clips together, and I've seen the the uh, seen the video and heard the audio yeah. of the of the too long tag at the end there. Yeah, and every time I just sit here giggling. So. <laughs> well, well done. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember. It's funny jokes like that. I uh, I always remember like the moment that I thought of the tag or the joke, and it was just mm. sitting here hanging out with Brandon. And uh, I like immediately ran into his room and I was like, Hey, is this funny? And so I told him the joke and he just laughed out loud. And I was like, this is funny. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun talking to Simon. And of course, once we got some of his material and how his process went, we had to talk to him about possibly the, one of the greatest open mic war stories that a comedian's ever had to face. Probably 30 to 40 people pile in, not, no clue there is an open mic going on and they are loud and they had been drinking already and mm -hmm. they yeah it was wild so i, I was the there time, that night you were there that night yeah <laughs> not, not part so, of the awards crowd i was right. <laughs> yeah part of the uh firing uh the people who are getting just absolutely talked over uh oh. i get up there by the time i get up there Everybody had arrived and decided they were going to have their own podcasts that moment, <laughs> uh, you know, 50 decibels louder than a normal person talks. And middle of my set, the bartender gets up. He walks from behind the bar 
to the stage, grabs the mic from me, and starts telling the crowd that these people work very hard on their material. Please quiet down and let their ideas be heard. They are trying to work on their craft. So after the teacher yells at the class, yeah, right. Uh, I am expected to make these people laugh. <laughs> One guy in the front row, I swear to God, I said a punchline that is a good joke and usually gets a laugh. And he goes, oh, man, you're, you're trying, man. And it was the worst thing ever. So I left that show knowing that it wasn't my fault, but I was just blown away at the situation I had been put in. You know, um, I, I I was there that night, and I and I remember uh, I'll never forget uh, the bartender coming out yeah. and just scolding them so terribly, and then handing you the mic back and yeah, in the and, middle of my set, right, the middle right. of my set. <laughs> All right, buddy, do your thing. Yeah, if they weren't laughing before that, I'm just imagining you up there, you know, and the bartender hands the mic back, and you're kind of like. Did I say cat in the dryer yet? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, this was probably a year and a half ago. I wasn't nearly the improviser that I am now of like, I just stood there like, I can't, even now, I think I would have been like, what it happened? What just happened? Yeah. In episode number four, we got to talk with Mike Logan. Uh, he's a nationally touring professional comedian. He lives here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, of course, he's all over all sorts of social media as the ice cold comedian. Uh, plus, he has regular weekly and monthly shows throughout the area, and uh, we talk a little bit about schooling his daughter on TikTok and what's going well, what's a struggle, and how he's a sucker for puns. I'm going to say something right now. It's going to be a little controversial, more so than stuff I've already said. I'm going to say it right now. I know I'm not supposed to say these kind of things. It's a clean show, but I'm going to say it anyway. Brace yourselves, people. Kids are stupid. <laughs> Man, it was so much fun to talk with Mike. Uh, he's he's such a great comedian, and and it was really good uh, to have him on the show because he's not always a clean uh, comedian, but boy, he sure brought it home, didn't he? Absolutely, yeah. Mike is uh, one of my uh, favorites uh, in the local Grand Rapids comedy scene, but uh, I've also uh, ended up uh, meeting him out on the road a time or two. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. I'm so glad we're we're lucky in Grand Rapids to have him as a part of the scene. And, uh, you know, he's just an all around good dude. Uh, he does have some pretty strong opinions, though. Uh, like, for instance, his opinions on TikTok. Me and my daughter actually had a, a bet on um, she was the one who convinced me to join the popular social networking app TikTok. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she convinced me to join it, which I was I was. I was very curmudgeon about TikTok. Like I, I hated it despite never even using it. Like I was one yeah. of those people. And um and I was I was like, oh TikTok's for young people, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Get off my lawn already. Yeah. yeah. But then like I went on there and I, I I realized that TikTok is essentially it's just Vine. Um Oh yeah. And it's just like people dancing, kids dancing and kids making comedy sketches. And that's like the whole platform. And so my daughter says to me, she says, you got to get a TikTok. And I said, I don't want a TikTok. I'm a professional comedian. And she's like, uh, uh, she, her advice for me to get a TikTok was, Dad, if you really want to make something out of your career, you should get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Sophia. Yeah. Appreciate that. Like, I got a TikTok and I, up, I uploaded a couple, like three, like dumb little short videos. 
And then she calls me, and I'm a very competitive guy. I'm a competitive. I'm really competitive. And she calls me, and she says, uh, hey, Dan, look at your TikTok. And I see you've only got 13 likes like across <laughs> my profile. And I was like, yeah, well, I've only uploaded three videos. So, I mean, you know. And she's like, well, yeah, she you know how many Yeah, she's like, you know how many likes I have, Dad? I was like, how many? She says, 500. Like, <laughs> oh, well, how many videos have you uploaded? And she says, oh, I don't know. I was like, I know. I counted. You uploaded 101 videos. <laughs> 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 so I'm like, extrapolate that now. On average. Yeah. <laughs> it's five likes per oh God, video. Five likes per video. Whereas <laughs> I have three videos with 13 likes. So really, I'm better than you. <laughs> she says, do you want to bet? And I said, yeah, I'll make a bet about it. So she says to me, I'll bet you, you know, I'll make a bet that by the end of this month, which was April, you can't get to a thousand likes on your TikTok. And I'm like, I could do that in my sleep. I think she doesn't understand that I've been using social media since before she was born. Right. <laughs> So I said, sure, I'll take the bet. And the bet, uh, the parameters were like, we have to do like a duet video. The loser does at the end. And oh. well, I took the bet. And in two, was it two days? Yeah. In two days, I got to a thousand likes. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Schooled. So, yeah, you know who's boss. As we move on to episode five, we talked with Justin Connor. And uh, Justin Connor is, uh, he seems to live all over the place, <laughs> sometimes in his car. I was in the uh, McDonald's drive-thru the other most days, and uh, <laughs> I used to love McDonald's, man. They have the dollar menu. It's a great special. We can all love the dollar menu. Uh, recently, they've taken that from us. You guys been paying attention? Uh, they don't do the dollar menu anymore. They do a $1, $2 free men- $3 menu. That's the special. $1, $2, $3 menu. Otherwise known as a menu. No, <laughs> that's not a special. You have various items at various prices. That's how we've all been doing it. Man, I miss that guy. Yeah, Justin's terrific. Uh, I uh, talked with people after the show and uh, they referred to him as like, oh, yeah, it was really nice to see people from all different ages. And like the millennial guy really identified <laughs> with him. The millennial guy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> that is Justin. Um, and it, what was really nice is uh, as we are starting to really build the rhythm of how Clean Comedy Time podcast rolls, we really started getting more into uh, things of uh, not just comedy, but what things are going really well and what's a struggle. I have plenty of things that are going really well. You know, like I said, like I have a lot of friends that I love and care about deeply. I have a lot of family that I love and care about deeply. I have a a nice warm bed that I sleep in every night. Like my life is good. I have a good life. Uh, I have my, my dog. She's like my favorite, you know, little things like that. Like I'm good. I have a, uh, like no projects going, unfortunately. Like I said, I've just been waiting out. Uh, what kind of dog do you have? Oh, she's a total just mutt. I don't know. She's from the shelter. Just like us. Yeah. Yeah. She's just a, just a real, Rap scallion. I don't know. She's a uh, some kind of like hound mix, I guess. I don't know. She got a curly tail. She's my favorite. She's the best. She's probably the best thing I have going in my life right now. I'll say that. In episode six, we got to chat with Matt Harper. Uh, he's got uh, a long-running podcast. Uh, he's got a uh, comedy room that he runs. And, uh, of course, we talk about the funny side of clothes shopping 
and hitting rock bottom. The thing is, right now, I don't really care what you think about this shirt. Yeah, we're still talking about the shirt, guys. Uh, I'm going to tell you why I don't care. Uh, because I got the shirt used. Yeah. I went to a Goodwill and I picked up the shirt. Right? Some people think it's a good thing to do, you know? It's better for the environment, reuse some things, right? I'm going to tell you right now, that's not why I did it. None of you are trying to save the world. See, the thing is, when you're this size, you buy your clothing used, chances are it's going to be a lot cheaper. Also, when you're this size, chances are the original owner probably didn't wear it that long. <laughs> you probably got healthy and made better choices, guys. You just like worked really hard, lost a whole bunch of weight, and decided he was going to donate his wardrobe to Goodwill to motivate someone like me to make those same changes and do the same things, right? I need that to be what happened, guys. Uh, uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt's uh, dark humor is something else, ain't it, Brian? It it is a such a, a sweet spot in my black heart, uh, <laughs> in your cold dead heart, cold cold dead blackness of my heart. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. He, he, and his timing is great, and his his uh, his physicality on stage is wonderful. And he's he's a bigger guy. Last summer, they made this big deal out of it. Man, we're gonna all go out. We're gonna have the greatest day of our lives. We're gonna all get together. We're gonna go kayaking. <laughs> yeah, I don't even need the end of this joke, right? This joke. First of all, why would you even offer? Second of all, why would I go? But I did. <laughs> so I went. I made a terrible mistake and I went kayaking. Now, some of you might not be familiar with kayaking. Uh, let me explain. Just imagine a full grown human being floating on the surface of a river. In a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly, that's, that's the case. Right? Sounds like a lot of fun, right? I'm like, all right, maybe I'll make this happen. They'll be like, don't worry about it, man. It'll be great. We'll go after a big rain. The water level will be up. It'll be smooth sailing, right? <laughs> Apparently, they don't make enough rain, guys. Because uh, for me, most of the trip was spent sort of scooting along the bottom of the river like a dog on a carpet and just waving my oar in the air and my friends as they gracefully float by. And I'm just going without me, I guess. I'm just... Eventually this is going to freeze up and I can walk out of here. I don't know. Then I realized that I had hit rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 7, well, we had to take a turn and interview our very own Aaron Sorrels. Welcome to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrels. And I'm Ryan Atkinson. Our guest today is... Me! That's right, we're interviewing Aaron Sorrels. He's also known as the Unemployed Alcoholic. Aaron is a native of West Michigan, the Big Rapids area, and now finds himself in beautiful downtown Grand Rapids, where he lives with his lovely wife, Renee, and works as the Unemployed Alcoholic. Yeah, I'm actually a recovering alcoholic. I'm now three years sober. 
cheat days a week. <laughs> Remember when you wrote that uh, and, and I just heard you do it. And I, I think there were tears. I, uh, that just got me so bad. And then what's so much fun as well as you do a delightful callback later on. So uh, if you've not listened to uh, episode seven of clean comedy time podcast with Aaron Searles, the unemployed alcoholic uh, is a very good reason to do so uh, there, of course. And you know, then there was more to that. So we moved and uh, I posted on Facebook that I was looking for some help. <laughs> One person from Chicago clicked like. <laughs> out and see if you need anything. I said, great, I'm moving. We got disconnected and he did not call me back. I got a Holy Ghost in his what happened. I think you're actually channeling a little Matt Harper at the end of that. <laughs> Until you guys back to back. Like, yeah, that's what happened right there. <laughs> I like it. I have to say, Aaron, uh, you have the story about moving, and and we talked about this before. I actually did help you move that time. <laughs> you just moved again. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do always like telling that uh, bit on stage uh, when you're in the audience because you help me move, and I talk about nobody helping me move. But yeah, this time uh, I just moved out to Zealand, Michigan, uh, which is cool. Oh. And can you uh, feel the zeal from where you are? I, That's I my can. Oh yes, I can feel the zeal. It's uh, it is something else. Uh, let me tell you. <laughs> Actually, this time though, James Brown, uh, he's a professional mover and a comedian. Uh, he he helped me move, and uh, it went very well. I always hire a professional mover. If you're in the area, James Brown for sure. Yeah, that will make you feel good. <laughs> His name's James. Yeah, sorry. So in episode eight, we uh, chatted with Sherry Savage. Uh, Sherry's a good friend. And uh, we talk about the good, the bad, and the funny, of course. And we found out about her big projects, about gratitude, gardening, and beach building. I recently got married. I did. Yeah, I did. I, I'm, so, I'm so glad to be done with dating. <sighs> when you're my age, looking for a husband, it's like... Buying secondhand shoes. <laughs> you know, over 50, you can't shop new. Yeah. <laughs> There's the seconds, the irregulars, and the returned items. <laughs> so there I am, standing in front of the clearance rack. <laughs> <laughs> My, my favorite part about uh, hearing her do that and thinking back to her doing that on stage was looking out and seeing her her wonderful husband in the uh, in the audience talking of, uh, and hearing her talk about the clearance rack. Uh, Harry is so much fun to have at shows. He's a terrific guy. Uh, she tells a great story as well uh, when she talked with us about how they met and how they got together. And uh, it, it, he's just a tremendous asset to her both 
uh, you know, personally, of course, because, you know, it's her husband and everything, but uh, also just helps her out with her, her comedy. Yeah. Yeah. They've got a good, good partnership. And, and Sherry's cool because, uh, um, you know, she's a little atypical for a comedian. Uh, and, and she also, like, she gets real genuine in her comedy. She gets real about some, uh, actually about some very touchy subjects. Another fun fact, I also have bipolar disorder, which is way more useful than it seems. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific piece of advice for anyone struggling with mental illness. Become a stand-up comic. I'm just saying. <laughs> right now. You do this on street corners, you know, yelling at passing strangers, you're a public nuisance. You do it here, you get a dressing room. <laughs> So what we're doing, see, all my neuroses, I'm just tossing them out like frisbees. Worry, anxiety, convulsion, obsession, pew, pew, pew. I am outsourcing my mental illness. Here you go. I'm like the Oprah of crazy. You get insomnia. You get insomnia. You all get insomnia. (laughs) She's funny. Yeah, she's all right, yeah. And the tag on the end was recognition of a a cultural ism good job i wanted for a long time to make jokes about having bipolar disorder and but i i just don't think uh i i i i just don't think you know the way to do it is just to get up and say i have bipolar disorder and it's okay to have a mental illness and i just want you to you know i want to foster awareness of that that's not my job. My job is to be funny. The audience didn't pay to have their conscience just, you know, uh, bolstered. So if you can't do it funny, then don't do it. Wise words. Thank you, Sherry. You know, as we uh, go on through our cavalcade of wonderful comics, uh, we had to try something a little different. We put a juggler in with regular comedians and stand-up comics and stuff, and uh, some people think you can't do that, but I think we had to take it one step further and put the juggler on a podcast. Well, I'm a juggler, in case you haven't uh, intuited that already. And uh, as jugglers do, I'm going to juggle, and I hope you enjoy it. Will, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was great uh, to hear uh, the, the the sound of juggling. <laughs> uh, that is the fabulous Will Juggle. And uh, Aaron and I had a great uh, time with him. Um, we talked about how Will learned how to juggle, what it's like now. And he's performed in uh, a prison, of course. And uh, <laughs> we, we talked to him about uh, some of the ways that uh, he's been able to respond to all of this, because uh, by the time we talked to him, we were fully into uh, COVID quarantine and the coronavirus. I know you've uh, done a lot of street shows in the past, but tell oh, us yeah. about the, the the kinds of performances that uh, you are able to do uh, during this uh, COVID lockdown stuff. Yeah, I mean, basically March through June, I didn't have any shows. They all got canceled. A lot of my shows got canceled all the way through August and even September. Um, but July, uh, a little bit of a different story. I've, I've had the opportunity to do uh, a number of uh, outdoor, socially distanced uh, shows. It's, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a, a, as a juggler, it's 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 pretty normal to be socially distant, so it comes natural <laughs> to me. 
Um, so yeah, I've done maybe four or five outdoor shows now. And, uh, I, you know, I've worn a face mask for every show. You know, if, if, if I can juggle and do all these things while wearing a face mask, there's really no excuse in my opinion. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, I, I was just imagining, uh, for those of you who don't know, Will, you, you'll have to look him up, but uh, he has this magnificent beard. I just imagine that you just wrap your beard around your face and there you go. All face mask <laughs> done. Yeah, I, I haven't tested the filtration value of the beard, but I'm sure I, oh. I get some bonus <laughs> points for that. All right, we're into the double digits. Uh, on episode 10, we got to talk with Dan Hall. Uh, Dan's a special dude uh, in my life uh, because he is an addiction recovery speaker and a comedy first-timer, and he is my... Uh, accountability partner, and he actually served as my sponsor through my own recovery process. Aaron and I have been talking back and forth and everything, and he goes, you know, if you're going to do this, you actually got to get up and do something. I said, well, you know, okay, I'll give it a try. You know, I speak on Sundays. I do public speaking. It can't be that hard, so I'm all ready to go. And then Tuesday, I get a call from Aaron, and he goes, are you all set to go? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. He says, well, I want to tell you. He said, from comedians, just so you know, you're going to get up there the first night, and you're going to get a little nervous, and your hands are going to get a little sweaty, and you're going to start feeling a little tinge in your stomach, and a little lightheaded, and anxiety is going to set in, and you're going to start looking for the quickest exit and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if I learned all these feelings, I could just call my ex-wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> man, that was... That was such a special and fun show. We put him up on stage, uh, which which was wonderful. I, I think anybody who... Uh, has an interest in comedy, you know, if you can pack it full of the people that know you and, and love you and appreciate you, and then you get your chance to try some comedy, that's great. Uh, and we put him up last because we knew he was going to steal the show. When we decided to uh, bring this clean comedy night, which um, is just awesome, I give that thing kudos like crazy. Um, Aaron said, you got to you gotta be part of it. And, and I said, sure. And um, it turned out better than i thought it would i uh i i have more respect for people than comedians that do this quite often for coming up with material because that was the most difficult part i you know just look back in my life is what i did to get the material but still that's a very long and tedious process of finding what works and what doesn't work and and how the audience will respond to it. So for my first time, I was very pleased. And Aaron did a wonderful thing for me as we walked in. He said, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to loosen up the crowd for you. So we're going to put you on last. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple podcasts. So it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, check out my other podcast as well. It's called A Quick Chat with the Unemployed Alcoholic. In that podcast, uh, we take a deep dive into who people are, what's going well in their lives, and what they're struggling with. I know I'm always amazed at how deep those conversations go and how much I learn about other people and even about myself through just a quick chat. Find it everywhere by searching A Quick Chat with the Unemployed Alcoholic.
episode 11 was Luis Valencia and Luis, a uh, nationally touring comedian. Um, he has uh, wonderful stories uh, from the road of where to find great cookies, uh, how to combat pizza cravings, and uh, just really being a better person. This is just travel advice for you guys. If you're on the road and you're trying to save some money, um, you can't sleep in the Walmart parking lot because the lights are too bright or the truck engines are too loud. You can actually get a great night's sleep in any cemetery. story <laughs> uh Luis was so much fun he uh as i said before he had lots of great uh travel tips and we kind of joked around that it almost turned into a travel advice show <laughs> yeah um, that was the clean comedy time podcast slash travel advice show <laughs> yeah uh recommended episode 11 um but the, as we talk about comedy and we talk about the his travels and so on um in the second half of the show uh Aaron has this terrific ability as to, to really disarm people and get them to talk about the things that are going well and things that are a struggle and for them to be truly genuine uh, in their responses it sounds like you're very close with your family and i know it's hard on you to be removed from them yeah it's tough but that's life is a struggle you know like Things happen, and it's just, um, you know, you're going to let it stop you or you're going to keep moving, you know, keep pushing. So it's got to keep going, you know. That's why I like stand-up comedy so much is because, like, like what I want to do with stand-up comedy is because in my life, you know, there's been a – it's kind of funny because there's this uh, – I was doing this show at um, Comedy Project, and someone came up to me and was like – so what what was the one thing that what was the thing that happened in your life that made you want it like the catastrophic event in your life that made you want to do comedy? And I said, uh, just one. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I just had to pick one. So it's like, you know, a lot of things have happened, you know, but it's sense of humor has kept me with, you know, like my head above water. You know, it's helped me keep my head up because like it's just, uh, it's a different perspective on how you look at things, you know, like, you know, something bad could happen and you're like, okay, um, this is bad, but you know, you can learn something from it. Um, you can, um, look at it from a different perspective and, and understand maybe why that happened and how to avoid it in the future. But I think just having that different perspective really helps in, um, trying to think like, um, like a co- when I say coping, it sounds like you're trying to be all right with like being bad, but um, to have a positive mindset on it because it's kind of it sounds kind of like a hippie, but like it's it's the vibes you put out, you know, like uh, like if you had a bad day and you let that affect you and you're going to be mean to other people, like like that's the thing is why would you want to be mean to other people? Like like who hurt you? And then why would you want to be like them? Man, that is so heartwarming to listen back to that uh, because Luis, uh, he's just got a genuinely good heart. He is. uh, He's a great person. And uh, he gets 
so transparent and real in that episode. I loved it and loved listening back to it. Uh, episode 12 is uh, just as fun and just as good. Uh, Gary Augustine uh, joins us, and we talk about sculpting material for a specific audience and the downfalls of fitness and haircuts. Um, pretty obsessed with food. I love food. Um, and, you know, I, I thought that the Netflix movie Bird Box was a KFC $5 fill-up. <laughs> I thought. Um, even though I love food, though, I'm a terrible cook. And this is evidenced by the fact that all my friends always ask me to bring ice as my cook. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, Gary was another one of the comedians that uh, joined us on that Voyage Church show, and that was uh, a good time. So his potluck stuff hit hit home hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you got to remember that uh, Gary lives in the Kalamazoo area, and uh, you know we had to confirm. You know that's a real place for those of you who live outside <laughs> Michigan. It really exists. It's called Kalamazoo. One of my favorite parts about this whole podcast experiment is is just uh, genuinely digging in with people, not just about the funny, but about the good and the bad. And, of course, uh, talking with Gary, uh, he definitely dove into some of the struggles associated with uh, this whole quarantine lockdown stuff. Well, I think um, I think a lot of us are going through this as well. But one of the things I'm struggling with particularly um, in comedy is, as an example of that is just – you know, I've had some time, you know, to be alone. And I think the the loneliness factor of being that ice and being in isolation sometimes for extended periods of time at home, um, you know, and working can be a bit challenging to keep your mind, you know, like I said, a routine, keep your mind focused. And so um, I think that loneliness and isolation, particularly for me, who's, who's a fairly social person, um, can be very challenging. I think also, you know, it, it has been good to be introspective of, you know, who I am and what I'm doing and where I want to go. Um, but, you know, one of the things a couple a couple of years ago um, I had sorted through in terms of my life goals and I had, had come to the conclusion that I wanted to make someone laugh every day. And so that can manifest itself in a variety of different ways. Uh, but, um, you know, when you're kind of sitting here in isolation and you question yourself a lot and you say, you know, should I, am I really that funny? Can I really make a difference? It's not just comedy. I'm just using comedy as an example. There's a variety of different things that you can question um, your purpose and question uh, yourself and a lot of different, your confidence and your ability. So I think the, the COVID and the isolation sometimes has challenged me, um, challenged my confidence and challenged, uh, my purpose at times. So I think that's probably the thing that I've struggled the most with is that isolation and that ability, um, you know, for things to get in my head that aren't, healthy in terms of uh, shaking my confidence and my ability to kind of move forward and and be the best person that I could be. Well, our next guest was Colton Beveridge. Yes, that's his real name. Uh, this time uh, we talked with him about the good, the bad, and the funny. We learned about video games, backpacking, hiking, barbecue, the seriousness of a soda pop addiction. And, um, and we introduced uh, a new character in the podcast, the, uh, the squeaky toy uh, that we had to use uh, a time or two here and there. I think it's a, I think it's a little hypocritical that, you know, when uh, Burger King came out with their impossible burger, you know, that fake meat burger that everybody immediately just started praising it. You know, 
They were like, oh, it's, you know, it's better for the environment. It's eco-friendly, you know? It's a healthier alternative to meat. But when we all found out that Taco Bell was using fake meat, everybody was like, this is a big scandal. Don't eat at Taco Bell. It's unhealthy there. Oh, Colt Beverage is so much fun to talk to. Uh, just uh, sit around and chat with him. He uh, runs uh, some shows here and there everywhere. But uh, more than anything, uh, he's just uh, one of the sweetest guys uh, you'll ever get. I, I think to. one of my favorite things about Colton is just, just his smile. I mean, any room you walk into, like he's just he's just grinning from ear to ear. He's, he's got a good laid back but genuine smile. Let's get this out of the way. Your real name is Colton Beveridge. Yes, that is my real birth name. It's The last name is spelled slightly different. Uh, but yeah, it's pronounced beverage like the drink. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I, working in radio for years and years, it was always people who had come up with these radio names that were always things like that. And that's just a dream name for anybody <laughs> on the radio. Um, just because you've got so so many great ways to play with that, and uh, th- I imagine just because we're we're pointing it out here, make sure everybody knows what's going on. Is this something that when you've been doing comedy, it's something that you talk about? Is it if people ask the question all the time? Um, they mess with you when you're a kid. Yes, people used to like mess with me about my uh, my name all the time. Um, like especially like when you would go into the gym and in elementary school, you know, there'd always be a sign that'd say like. No beverages allowed in the gym. So I would be like, oh, you can't come in here, man. Season one, episode 14, we got to talk with Jay Hunter. Uh, He's a Detroit area comic and certainly would qualify as a wholehearted person. Uh, We chatted through the good, the bad, and of course, the funny. You probably can't tell by my demeanor, but I'm genuinely happy today. I just saved fifteen percent of my car insurance. <laughs> Thank you. Simply by only having eighty-five percent of the bill in my checking account. <laughs> I don't think I have car insurance. <laughs> Man, I I remember this episode, you, you, me and uh, Jay, like we dove into that really deep and analyzed that, that, that clip there, uh, probably to the point where we ruined it for him. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that was uh, my goal there. It was such a funny bit. I didn't want even Jay to have it anymore. (laughs) <laughs> you know very nice yeah jay's uh jay's a good dude he's uh got a lot of physicality to him and he's up uh doing comedy and and uh he, he's got a military background as well i want to go back a little bit to uh your time in uh in the i want to make sure i use the right term because words matter the um armed services i thought for sure you were gonna swear nope Oh man, that would have been great. That would have been. Yeah. I think my soul would have came out of my nose. It would have been over after that. I will get oh. monkey and squeak it out again. Oh, that, that's that's awesome. Uh, but no, that, uh, yes. my time in the, in the armed Navy. services. Yeah. yeah, in the Navy. Oh yeah, yeah. I made all that up. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man! Oh, now we're gonna get the hate mail. <laughs> oh man, they're like cancel these guys. <laughs> was that was that a uh, uh, stolen valor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a punchline. Oh, oh <laughs> what a loser! Oh, I love every bit of that. Yeah. No, uh, oh, that is so great. <laughs> Episode fifteen is with Grand Rapids, born and raised comedian Abby Lemke. Uh, now she has uh, well, quite a story, and uh, we're just going to let her tell it. One day I was living in Australia, and I woke up and I couldn't see out of my right eye. And I was like, oh, it's probably just cataracts. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to work, and uh, my boss is like, Abby, what are you doing here? Like, you need to go to the doctor. I was like, oh, whatever, you're being dramatic. <laughs> so I go to the doctor, and the doctor's like looking, doing all these tests, and they look over my eye, and they sit me down, and they're like, so um, you don't have cataracts, you actually have this really rare genetic disease called macular degeneration, and uh, it's juvenile, so it's very rare. And basically, you're just gonna have to go blind, and there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> Someone laughed because they probably already know the rest of the joke. But the rest of you guys are like, "Oh, why would someone laugh at that?" So they tell me this terrible news, and I have no idea how to react to that. Because how do you react to that? Like I'm only 24, and I've been told I'm going blind. And um, so I just started hysterically laughing. Uh, and after a couple minutes, the doctor goes, I'm so glad you're taking this well. <laughs> yeah, I was always so scared to fall asleep, too, uh, because it happened overnight. And I was always afraid, like, oh, what if this is the last thing that I see? You know, darkness. <laughs> Him a while. Yeah, that was one of my you just scolded him for laughing. So yeah. they're on his, do we do we laugh? Do we clap? what? What can that poor girl see? Yeah. <laughs> the joke grenade of that is uh, why I wanted to include it uh, here in, the, in our podcast, and I had to include it again here in our best of. Uh, I love a good joke grenade. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, pull the pin, throw it out there, and you have to wait, and you have to be patient. You have to wait for them to get it. She doesn't tell in the in the bit there uh, so much. Uh, we had to get her to talk a little bit more about her story to see. So you were losing your sight, but then what? I did not expect anything to change. Like I thought this was going to be my entire reality. Like I was too scared to ask God if He would heal me because how could I ask? or pray that when my own dad doesn't have that, you know, and I just felt like that was really selfish and I couldn't do that. So I actually never like prayed and asked God if he would heal me because I felt like that was too selfish. Mm -hmm. And um, then my dad and a lot of other people uh, would pray for me. But I think what broke me the most was the fact that my dad was so faithful to pray for me every day and like really want that healing of my eyesight because, um, like, like he can't see and he's asking for me to see like, that's crazy. Like he loves me that much. Mm. I couldn't even fathom that kind of love until I was able to like experience it firsthand. And yeah. And then uh, the next time I went into the eye doctor after a few months, 
of losing my eyesight, it completely reversed itself. I, my macula fully regenerated itself, which is impossible. And I've been to five different specialists and they all have the same crazy, like, they're all like, this can't be. And they all like <laughs> need to take photos of it and like examine it further. Cause they're like, you shouldn't be able to see. And they all freak out. So it's kind of fun going to the eye doctor now because I like to see you and freak out <laughs> at my anomaly. Yeah. Um, That's what happens when I go to the doctor too, though. So. <laughs> It's just a complete anomaly. Yeah. I can't believe he's walking and breathing. <laughs> that was possible. Uh, yeah, all all joking aside, we we, uh, we actually got our Bibles out uh, during that episode and, and talked more about uh, faith and uh, miraculous healing that Abby experienced. That that was uh, that was a really special thing, and actually one of the one of my fondest memories about the recording of that episode, Brian, was uh, you know we're both. Uh, older white men and uh, uh, Abby's a 24 year old young lady. And at the end of the podcast uh, uh, recording, she said, Hey, do you, do you mind if I, if I pray over you guys on the podcast? And it is just a really special moment uh, to see somebody who's young uh, step up in a very spiritually mature manner. Episode 16, we got to chat with John Hauser. Uh, he is a touring comedian who also calls Grand Rapids, Michigan home. And uh, he uh, puts together a lot of American Legion shows uh, to benefit our veterans, uh, which is great. Uh, we talk a little bit about how old school technology influences today's dating, weird movie lines, and how his time in the Boy Scouts prepared him for the pandemic. Uh, do you guys remember back in the 90s on Microsoft Word, that really helpful little paperclip assistant guy? Oh. <laughs> uh, Clippy, right? Yeah, Clippy, exactly. For those of you who don't know, uh, back in the 90s, if you got, if got on Microsoft Word, you could literally just be staring at a blank canvas, type one letter, and out would come this paperclip on a bicycle and be like, hey there, John, looks like you're trying to write a resume. Would you like some help? Like, Hell yeah, Clippy. <laughs> Great, just yeah, fill that out. You can go to my orientation. Take my first two weeks. I don't really feel like starting work right now anyway. <laughs> so, Brian, where, where do you think John gets that energy from? <laughs> I do not know. Uh, he's uh, he's a ginger. He's a redhead. Uh, and uh, um, Is that still okay to say? Uh, ginger? Yeah. Wow. I, if, if I'm being canceled for saying ginger, <laughs> let it be so. All right. But, yeah, man, that I was all all the redheads out there. But uh, yeah, he's he's just he comes across um, so passionate. He's having so much fun. And when we talked to him about it, he said he's always got to kind of try to pull himself back from it because uh, he tends to get out of hand pretty quickly. The writing process is is trying to think about experiences in my life uh, and how to to portray them or how to accurately, you know, uh, retell them in a way that's as humiliating uh, for me as possible oftentimes because uh, that's what gets to laugh, you know? Uh, so um, I just happen to have a lot of experiences in my life as a 42 year old single man who's never been married with no kids that aren't that hard to make sound very humiliating. So it, it, it lends itself to be an easy uh, self-fulfilling process, which are two things that I, I'm a big fan of. And we got a little insight into that uh, as well. When you, uh, when you took your, uh, act uh, to Match.com. Well, he's at Match.com now. You know, I went on there. 
and and I created a profile. You know, I spent all the time putting the, the background pictures and building my bio and making it sound really clever and everything. And then I got that all ready. So then I went shopping, or you know, whatever they call it. <laughs> so yeah, so I go shopping and I see this profile. I, I find this profile is very attractive woman that, that seems to have a lot in common. And uh, at that point, you you know you go and you have to send that first message, which is very difficult to do. You know you got to think of something clever to say without being creepy, and you got to be a little creative and different, right? You got to stand out. Uh, and so I'm just kind of staring at this blank little you know message screen with this blinking cursor, and all of a sudden out of nowhere he comes Clippy on his little bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, right? I'm like, oh my god! He's like, hey there, John. <laughs> Looks like you're trying to lie to a woman. Would you like some help? Please? <laughs> uh, the audience response to John is absolutely tremendous, and um, we were really lucky that uh, he brought us to one of those uh, uh, American Legion Hall shows. He uh, actually hired clean comedy time to do one of those shows with him. Our next guest uh, for episode 17, as we're reaching the end of our first season here was Garrett Elzinga. And Garrett is the house MC at Dr. Grin's comedy club in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So we see him all the time It's furloughed right now because well, of course, everything's uh, still closed up and we are so looking forward to getting back into clubs and, uh, and having him be back on the stage. And another uh, interesting note about Garrett is he is yet another comedian who is uh, going through the walk of recovery. Glad you guys are here. You guys are drinking. That's great. Yeah, I'm not. I'm uh, it's just another thing. I quit cigarettes. I, I hate it. And I uh, quit drinking. That one I'm actually proud of. I've been sober for a year and uh, eight months. And then... I think that's how long it's been. I can't really keep track because acid alters time. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how that goes. Yeah, I think if you spend enough time on acid, then uh, all the, the cigarettes and the alcohol doesn't matter at all. So good job, Garrett. Yeah, congrats, Garrett. Glad to have you here on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I, I do love when uh, you were playing that right after I said that I'm sober. You hear someone say, last call. I really hadn't noticed it until he called attention to it, but then I've listened to that clip so many times. Now I hear it clear as a bell. So you guys might want to rewind that and uh, hear the, uh, one of the servers, they kind of whisper under their breath. Last call. Oh man. <laughs> but uh, Garrett is um, a particularly active uh, comedian. He's uh, done a lot of things on uh Lots of different stages, but he also uh, will, will do quite a bit of things on social media. I'm just used to offending people. Like, I feel like I'll say something that upsets somebody. I'll tweet something that upsets somebody. I tweeted this the other day, very excited about this tweet. I said, albinos have the most white privilege. <laughs> That's a good tweet. What comes next is a better joke. I offended the Albino Association. Yeah, I didn't know they existed. I had no idea. I don't know how they found the tweet either. Apparently the boss guy, the head honcho, he looks for the hashtag Albino every gosh darn day. Finds my dumb tweet replies to it. That is not a joke! 
I fired off another tweet. I said, well, some of you guys should lighten up. I feel like there's so many times that, uh, Aaron, you and I are just the biggest cheerleaders for all the comics that we've had on the show for uh, one reason or another was we've gotten to know them over the last couple of years and uh, just love talking with them, love sharing a stage with them. And uh, the podcast has been a terrific exercise uh, in that for us. Well, I mean, that's to me, the, the best thing about comedy is the people that we've met. The best thing about uh, this podcast is to be able to dive a little bit deeper and really get to know some people and, and uh, build some, very genuine and fun and great, valuable relationships. Our, our next comic uh, in episode 18 uh, is Kyle Yamada. Now, you actually met him uh, on the road, and we uh, scheduled him for a, an appearance uh, in one of our showcases, but couldn't do that because, of course, COVID and so on. He went on to uh, record a, a dry bar comedy show and so on. That's the typical progression. You you do a dry bar comedy special and then you do a clean comedy time show. So <laughs> coming in 2021, Kyle Yamada uh, is going to be on a clean comedy time show. We'll look forward to that. But how did you guys uh, meet for the first time? Well, we met through the Christian Comedy Association. I've, I've met a ton of uh, really wonderful wonderful people uh, through that association uh, as a, you know, it's, it's interesting to meld together the faith walk with a calling to help people laugh and do comedy. So it's uh, it's cool. And uh, there's just some genuine relationships, including the one with uh, Kyle. But I've got to admit, it was a little weird growing up in South Dakota being half Japanese, you know, because there's no other Asians there. You know, it's like one lady the other day said, well, Kyle, did you grow up in an Asian community? Like I grew up in South Dakota. <laughs> My dad is the Asian community. <laughs> That's such a solid, just quick one-line joke that works so well, and then he gets to milk that for the rest of the show and coming back to it from time to time. It's so fun talking with Kyle and uh, and hearing him again. Um, but, uh, he's got a family, his wife and, and two kids. And, uh, I know that, um, uh, the, he uses them for his material as well. I understand that, uh, you all do like to go to the Japanese steakhouse. Well, listen, when I go to a Japanese steakhouse, <coughs> I want a Japanese chef. You know, I want the authentic thing, you know? So when I go to a Japanese steakhouse, I want my chef to be named Kasugi Yamasaki from Osaka, Japan. <laughs> Last time we went, we got Paco Ramirez from Fresno. <laughs> when he comes out, hey, how'd you doing? <laughs> and I even called him on him, like, dude, are you even Japanese? He looks right at me and he goes, see. <laughs> told us the specials while he was beatboxing. <laughs> you know, he was like... Spicy tuna roll. Yakisoba. Tick for one tonight. I'm like, what's going on? 
Tokyo, Casa Bonita, or the Boom Boom Dance Club. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, as I was putting your clips together, I could not let it go without the beatboxing. That was too, <laughs> I just, as I sat there listening to you, I'm like, I am the whitest man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, it, it's funny because the shows that I have done that, um, that bit, um, during COVID, you know, that, I mean, nobody wants to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just like throw the microphone away. Uh, it was great working with Kyle. Uh, Aaron, it has been great uh, working with you on the Clean Comedy Time podcast for this last year. Brian, uh, let me just say that uh, I couldn't pick a better person to be partnered with in this comedy adventure and this podcasting adventure and everything. Uh, thank you for your partnership. Thank you for all the work that you put into this. Uh, you're doing it, man. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Aaron. And uh, right back at you. I appreciate the way that you're able to um, disarm the the people we talk to and get them to to really open up and, and talk about their lives uh, beyond just the funny, but to the good and the bad as well. And we are looking forward to another uh, season coming up as soon as we can to interview some more comedians and eventually get back to doing shows. And we look forward to seeing you uh, out there on the road. And we look forward uh, to hearing uh, how the Clean Comedy Time podcast has uh, been important to you. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from course language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you. 